0: Welcome to Vlad Subject Podcast. Our mission at Vladimir Subject Ministries is to reach the world globally and disciple them digitally. Let's dive into this episode. Well, good morning, our fast forward community. Hello, today day two of our fast forward challenge. Let me know in the comments below, how are you doing today? How your fast is going today? And how's your body feeling? How's your soul feeling? And how's your spirit feeling? David, hello, I see you on Instagram. Um, Everyone, I see our bass player here as well uh, in the chat. Everybody, welcome. Let me know as well in the comments where you are watching from, where you are tuning in from. Um, That would be wonderful opportunity today to reconnect with each and every one of you as you are sharing that um, hello Olga, hello um, Natalie, Joseph, Ohio, welcome California, Tanzania, South Africa, India, Nicaragua, hello everybody, hi Frank from TikTok and then Delaware, Malaysia, Ohio as well, Wisconsin, South Africa, Colombia, um, South Africa as well, Toronto, Sweden. Hello guys, welcome every person. As you are logging in, we're just gonna give a few minutes. Um cost you nothing, just hit that thumbs up on YouTube. And those of you on Instagram and on TikTok, um, I see more of the chat on YouTube and on Facebook, so hop on over. Uh, to the YouTube, that would be helpful for us. Uh, Welcome Philippines, those of you tuning in from uh, the Philippines, Nigeria, India, Tanzania, Belgium, Pakistan, Australia, California, New York, Mexico, and uh, Tennessee, welcome. Day two, uh, Gilbert Mendoza, hi brother, good to see you here as well. And uh, those of you logging in as well from Hungry Gen Church, um you are welcome today we are on day two of the fast forward challenge pressing into Jesus learning about the Holy Spirit I'm going to give you just a few little announcements before we um, go any further our fast um, we mentioned that on, our, on my website every single month you can sign up for that by going to pastorvlad.org forward slash uh, challenge And through that, you can pretty much kind of stay connected. We send you reminders when we do the fast. We also send you a um, recap of every time I do the live stream on the fasting, we send you a little encouragement. So just check it out. That will be helpful as well as I want to remind you that this Sunday I will be speaking at Hungry Gen. Um, It's our local church where I pastor, um, not only this Sunday, but I'll also be uh, speaking in Illinois, um, in Chicago. Um, on september 7th which will be saturday night it's a free event if you are in chicago illinois or anywhere near i would love to see you there and so um it's a free event with my friend matt cruz for his rise up revival and so if you go to my website you can get more information um, at six thirty, it will start it will be at lighthouse church of all nations excited for this so in 11 days i'm going to be there would love to see you uh there in chicago also want to give a little shout out to our book host the holy ghost if you already got the book could you um drop that in the chat if you already got the book uh drop number one in the chat if you got the book as well as um if you got the book but you have not left a review yet I want to ask you for a big favor. I want to break 100 reviews today. And so we already have 83 people that left a review. Some really incredible um, things of people just sharing of what God has done. Cherry was saying, This book put a fire in your soul that is unexplainable. This book is changing my life. I'm so grateful for the gems God keeps planting in my life to get closer to Him and to find true calling as his warrior I've never felt so hungry for Christ until I joined Hungry Gen and started reading this book the teachings from Pastor Vlad and his ability to speak the truth and share complex biblical writings into simple understanding for my life and others is mind-boggling I love Hungry Gen family and Pastor Vlad's passion for Christ and his desire to ever evolve to be a better human being come on somebody I love it Um, people say also friendship with the Holy Spirit so Nadia and Raul George uh, Candace, and then there's people from other countries, Australia, um, people who share this from India, from India, from India. And so Gordon from Canada, uh, Greg, Greg Gordon, a great man of God. And so, um, if you have gotten the book and you have not left the review, could you do me a big favor? Um, would you, um, just go to Amazon and drop the review, uh, today? Um, And if you've never got the book yet, and you are interested, um, you are in a country where you cannot buy it, go to my website and download it free of charge. When you go to the download page, you can download it in Russian, you can download it in Spanish, and you can download it in English. Romanian and German language is currently being translated. And so I am really excited. I think we're going to translate this book to as many languages as we possibly can. And we're going to offer this for free. So for those of you who got this book as a PDF, drop number one in the chat. If you got it as a PDF and you have enjoyed the PDF one, drop number one in the chat. I want to give a shout out to you and appreciate you as well. And you can still leave a review on Amazon probably. So try to leave a review on Amazon, even if you didn't get it. It will just still help other people. I see um, Joanne is saying, I got it on Audible yesterday. Hey, I appreciate those of you who got it on Audible. Today, what I'm going to do is at the end, I'm going to drop more. I'm going to drop more uh, co- uh, codes for you to download it on Audible. In fact, a lot of codes that I dropped yesterday, not many people redeemed it. So, we're just going to drop a lot of codes today for UK and for America for you to be able to listen on audio for free. But you don't have to wait for that. You can just go and start listening to it right now. So, Samantha, thank you. You downloaded PDF and Audible. Come on, somebody. That's what's up. I downloaded I just downloaded today, I got an Audible yesterday, I got an Olga, I got an Audible as well. I have it on Audible and Kindle. See, that's, that's double portion right there. Haiti, I got it, a PDF and Audible to help me focus and read along. Okay. Uh, Leticia, I got both Audible and paperback, you're blessed by it. Thank you, Leticia, God bless you. Uh, yes, I need an Audible. Pamela, yeah, we have it on audio. And for those of you, like, I listen to both Audible and iBooks, um, because the iBook syncs with my phone, with my, comp- with my um, Apple Watch, and Audible does not, at least not from the recent updates. So sometimes I end up getting it in both places, but they are available in those places as well. So um, you saw this trailer right before I went live, is that Hungry Gen, we at Hungry Chen have a host, <laughs> host, <laughs> I'm tripping all my words right now. Uh, we have a Raise to Deliver conference, which is coming up in just about a month. Uh, first weekend of November. Let me find this conference here right now. Um, Italy Race to Deliver conference is coming up in 40 days. 40 days. November 3 to 5. Um, It's our annual conference. Um, The guest speakers are going to be Pastor Vlad, um, Pastor Ilya, and Pastor Rickard. So it's our team. Um, We are uh, ministering to our church, and then we invite people uh, to come and join us. It's a Deliverance, Healing and Baptism of the Holy Spirit conference. It's done in the context of a local church. It's not about big name speakers, um, but it's about just experiencing the greatness of our God, uh, pressing into Jesus. You get a chance to um, to just come and have a really wonderful time with your family. And so, if you are planning to come to Raise to Deliver, I would specially would love to invite you We do have limited seating, the conference is free. Um, There is no um, registration cost, but you do have to register. And so, um, it's in Tri-Cities, Washington, so it's very close. For those of you who live in Seattle, maybe Vancouver, Canada, or you live in Idaho, or you live maybe even in Montana or California. You know, plan a family trip, just come and visit us. We'd love to see you here. Um, You can come and also receive the deliverance. We will have a deliverance service on Saturday, mass deliverance on Friday, uh, equipping on Saturday morning. I will also do a teaching for pastors on Saturday morning. I'll be preaching on Saturday night. And then on Sunday morning is our healing and baptism in the Holy Spirit service. Um, it's it's miracles just happened, crazy stuff happened. We're really excited for that. And uh, bring your youth, uh, bring your kids as well. We don't have a childcare provided uh, during this. Um, we don't provide lodging as well and food. So you will have to find that. <laughs> And all of that information is on, on the website. So, we'd love to see how many of you are saying, Hey, that sounds interesting. I would love to come and uh, visit um, this conference. Um, if that's you, drop a fire emoji if you're saying, Hey, I'm interested in coming to uh, Race to Deliver conference. And if you ever came to Race to Deliver, uh, share your experience in the comments below. I know quite a few have already come. We had them in Seattle, we had them in in Vancouver, Washington, and we continue to do them here in the United States. We will live stream this conference, yes. The conference will be live streamed. One of my desires is to attend at least one of your deliverance services. Well, may the Lord grant you the desire of your heart. Would love to see you one of these days. Lily is coming with her family, God bless you. I have your book, very amazing, got it through Amazon. Mary, thank you, God bless you. Don't forget to drop a review. Leticia, you went two years ago, it was life-changing, God bless you. Aline, it's on my bucket list. I won't worry about food, I'll be just fasting. (laughs) Uh, German, you don't need to fast during the conference. You don't need to fast during the conference. I want to go, I want to bring my daughter. Yeah, a lot of people are bringing their friends. They're bringing their family members, some are bringing even people that are not um, saved. Amanda saying, I was just delivered from cigarettes and you're delivered in service. Amanda, come on, praise the Lord. You know, the Lord doesn't want you to, uh, to smoke. If He did, He would put a chimney over your head. But He didn't put a chimney over your head, so um, no need to smoke. But some people are addicted. And so, when you come to service, church service, trust that the Lord can deliver you, amen any church service not just our church service amen so that's the that's the part come on somebody okay i'm going to uh, turn on my little uh, background music you guys been enjoying this okay amen so <clears throat> In in honor of the release of the Host the Holy Ghost book, a book that's available on my website in many languages as well as on Amazon, I want to share with you today about the signs of the Holy Spirit. How to recognize the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit upon your life. How to recognize the signs of the Holy Spirit upon you. A lot of times there are signs of things, for example, there are symptoms of fever, there are symptoms of a disease, there's also signs that a person has a demon, there's a signs of a person having a tormenting, you know, demonic oppression in their life. Are there signs, are there something that you can look for, for the person, for the person of the Holy Spirit's sweet presence upon our life? Now what we must understand is that When people grieve the Holy Spirit, they don't lose the Holy Spirit. They lose the sweetness of His presence. They lose the peace of mind. They lose the clarity of thought. They lose the direction from the Holy Spirit. And so I want to contrast today a story of one of my anti-heroes in the Bible. It's not necessarily a great hero. It's the way he started was really good. But it's the way that he ended was really poor. He was the first king of Israel. 1st Samuel chapter 11 recounts a time in his life when the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit was resting upon him. This was King Saul. He was the first king of Israel. He got anointed by Samuel. And right after that, he experienced incredible breakthrough. The Bible says in verse 6 and verse 7, Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul. When he heard this news, And his anger was greatly aroused. He took a yoke of oxen and cut them into pieces. And he sent throughout all of the territory of Israel by the hands of the messengers saying, Whoever does not go out with Saul and Samuel to battle, so it shall be to his oxen. And the fear of the Lord fell on the people and they came out with one consent. Right after that. They have a great breakthrough, great victory. People, of course, want to throw or kill people who doubted Saul's leadership. They wanted to pretty much slay them to death. And King Saul acts in such a gentle manner. And he says, verses 12 and 13, he says, The soul says, No man shall be put to death this day, for the Lord has accomplished salvation in Israel. I want to share with you right now six signs of the Holy Spirit, His sweet presence being upon you. And we will also contrast them of six signs that you lost that. And tomorrow I'm going to deal with more how to get it back. The first sign that His sweet presence is upon you is you will attack the enemy instead of agreeing with your enemy under the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit King Saul did not make a covenant with the enemy this enemy that we just read about came to one of the cities of Israel and they made an agreement with them and they said if you come out to us we will cut your fingers we will make you slaves but we will not kill you and King Saul did not make an agreement with that Instead, he went into a full-blown attack. But if you remember a point in his life when the anointing lifted and Goliath came and started to offer an agreement and said, If a man fights me and I win, you are our slaves. If a man fights me and I lose, we are your slaves. Interesting. God never allowed Israel to have a a duet between two strong soldiers. Israel was given instructions by God to fight as an army, not as an individual. This was never God's idea to have one battle determine the outcome of war. And this was also not God's idea to have one man be the hero. It was always about His army. It was never about one man. Goliath violates those things. And he presents an agreement, presents a challenge and says, I want one battle to determine war, which anybody who knows anything about war knows, that's not right. And he wants one man to determine the outcome of one battle, which is not right. And Saul goes along with that. Now, of course, God rescues the whole situation by bringing David on the scene, but you never see that battle being fought the same way ever again. It's not God's will. What I want to get to is this. When the anointing lifts, you start making agreements with things you were anointed to conquer. You begin to identify with your enemy. You begin to identify yourself with your pain, with your past, with your sin, and with your sickness. When the anointing of the Holy Spirit lifts, your issue becomes your identity. When His sweet presence lifts, you no longer have spiritual energy to fight the things that come against you. You surrender to them. And sometimes it's so hard to resist them without His sweet presence. We simply give up and we call those things part of who we are. Anger, that's just my personality. You know, impatience, well, that's just who I am. Cursing, well, that's just who I am. Homosexual tendencies, well, I was born this way. Cancer, that's my cancer. I'm a cancer patient. I'm going to die from this cancer. You begin to identify with your issue. You begin to find your identity in that. You begin to agree with that you actually were anointed to attack. You were anointed to resist. And why does that happen? Because the Spirit that comes against you is greater than your own human spirit, is greater than your own human ability. You don't have an advantage against your sickness, against your pain, against Satan, against your past without the Holy Spirit you are at disadvantage. Those powers are greater than you. And they want to destroy you and they want to, they want to crush you. And they will. Unless two things happen. You make a pact with them and you become their slave. Or, in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, you are emboldened to put up a fight, to put up a resistance. That's why I don't like to identify with my sickness. I don't like to say I am a sick person trying to get healthy. Sickness is not my identity. I'm a healthy person fighting sickness. Sin is not my identity. I'm not a sinner trying to get healthy, trying to get righteous. I'm a righteous person fighting sin. I'm not a weak man trying to get strong. I'm a strong man fighting weakness. I'm not a poor person trying to be blessed. I'm a blessed person fighting poverty. I'm not a cursed person trying to be blessed. I'm a blessed person fighting curses. What is the difference between what I just said? One, you identify with your issue. The other one is you attack your issue and you identify with Christ. The first sign that happened to Saul is the sweet presence upon his life caused him to go to war, not into an agreement or a covenant. He went to conquer what happened after when the anointing, the presence of the Spirit lifted. He was making deals with the devil. He was making deals with his enemies. He was making covenants, contracts with those things that he could no longer conquer Because the sweetness, the sign of the Spirit upon your life, is that you conquer. You don't make covenants with God's enemies. That's the first sign. The second sign is I want you to notice that we read, when the Spirit came upon him, he became extremely bold. The second sign of the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit upon your life, is you become courageous. When that sweet presence lifts, you become a coward. With the Holy Spirit, boldness was released into King Saul. Without his sweet presence, Saul became overly balanced, cautious, and played safe. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit will lead you to take risks. These risks will lead you to reward. The more you experience the sweetness of the Spirit, the more Holy Spirit is not grieved in your life, the more courage is released into your veins, the more boldness is released into your system. You become bold, not cocky but confident, not arrogant but strong, not loud with your boisterous, um, you know, perception of boldness, but quiet, confident courage. With Saul, he wasn't very quiet though. He just broke things, he burned things, sent a very strong message. But the Bible says, Holy Spirit was upon him. Anger was stirred. He became extremely emotional about it, this wasn't anger that led to sin, it was anger that led to victory. He took a risk, he never fought before, not at least that we know of. He goes into war and he wins that war. The danger of following someone's risk-taking without developing the depth of your relationship with the Holy Spirit is it will not lead you to reward, it will lead you to ruin. Israel went through the Red Sea because the Lord led them. Egypt followed Israel into the Red Sea because it seemed like a good idea and they drowned in the same place. Israel experienced a miracle. Be careful to imitate someone's works of faith without imitating their faith be careful to imitate someone's risk-taking actions without imitating the intimacy that gave birth to those risk-taking actions because you will find yourself on the bottom of the red sea. I've seen this happen to other people who would watch somebody fast for 40 days and they said that's it I'm gonna fast for 40 days watch somebody give all their money away, They said, I'm going to do what they did. But you must understand that the desperation, the, the sweetness of God's presence, the hunger inside of that person is what led them to do those deci- to do those things. And if you don't imitate that hunger, but you simply take the results that that hunger produced, the risk-taking, you might get killed by Goliath. So, your risk is safe if it's birthed out of your intimacy with the Holy Spirit. If there is no intimacy with the Holy Spirit, if there is no sweetness of His presence, and you simply love to make risks and just to do scary stuff, you just love that not playing safe, being extremely bold, being just radical, you most likely will find yourself not being radical, but being reckless. Because the fruit of recklessness is ruin. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, the sign of the Holy Spirit upon you is risk-taking. In fact, the Bible says this about disciples. The Pharisees saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained. They marveled and they realized They've been with Jesus. Acts chapter 4 verse 13. Disciples were not bold because it was their personality. They were not courageous because they were looking for trouble. They were not risk takers for the sake of risk taking. There was something that being with Jesus produced, being with the Holy Spirit produced. It gave them this pioneering spirit. It gave them this thing where You're scared, but you're still going to do it. You're afraid, but you're going to do it being afraid. Because it's the right thing to do and you know it in your gut. You know it in your spirit. That's exactly what I need to do. I need to make this step. I need to make this risk. I need to sacrifice this. I need to go on fasting. I need to start a church. I need to start a small group, that's what I must do, it's not easy. People will look at you and say, you're crazy, you're making a big mistake. No, when you have an intimacy with the Holy Spirit, sweetness of His presence, one of those signs is you will have what other people will see as a mistake, but you will take a risk and the risk Will be justified. Intimacy is the key to boldness. Boldness is the key to miracles. Drop this in the chat. Intimacy is the key to boldness. Boldness is the key to miracles. Boldness that does not come from sweetness of the Holy Spirit's presence is harsh, reckless, and usually leads to incredibly negative consequences. It doesn't lead to victory. It leads to pain and embarrassment and shame. To avoid that, we must prioritize the sweetness of His presence. Walk with the Holy Spirit and these signs will begin to flow through you. Boldness. You know, we sometimes quote Smith Wigglesworth and say, well, Smith Wigglesworth punched somebody, you know, picked a dead person, made them walk. And somebody can imitate that and say, well, you know what, I'm just going to go and pick up dead people and command them to walk. And you will embarrass yourself and most likely end up in prison. Why? Because Smith Wigglesworth' boldness did not come from recklessness. It came from relationship with the Holy Spirit when we want to have a reward from our risk-taking, that risk-taking must come from relationship with the Holy Spirit. By by nature, some of us are extremely shy and we love to play safe. Sometimes we say that's wisdom. Sometimes we say that's being wise. Uh, You know, we don't want to be radical and that's okay, that's fine. But when the intimacy with the Holy Spirit comes, you will be led at certain points and at certain places and seasons in your life into some radical moves. Don't be afraid of them. Take those steps. If they're inspired by the Holy Spirit, and then you will see results. You will see a reward from that. David took a bold step and slew a Goliath. His life was never the same after that. Disciples took a bold step and preached when it was not legal to do so. There was great rewards from that and also punishment. You know when COVID happened and um, the churches were shut down and I knew that time came for us to reopen and we were not allowed to reopen in our state for about a year. We reopened right away a month into it. We asked our board um, to approve that and they were men of faith and they said it's time not to have a tail between our legs and for us to go in boldness. We felt in our spirit that coming from God. You know, we did that for about a year and a half uh, without social distancing, without masks. And the church was flocking with people. New people were getting saved. Now, some people would call that irresponsible. Some people will call that reckless. But when I tracked in our church, nobody died from COVID during that time. We had few outbreaks, they lasted like normal sicknesses, people recovered. But the amount of people that got saved, the amount of people that got delivered, our church grew exponentially during that time. And I do not regret making that decision. The only thing I regret is not making it sooner enough. And we should have never closed in the first place, completely, even for that one month because the body of Christ needs to meet, we're members. And those who can't or don't want to, can stay at home, like they do. And it's completely fine. But at the same time, you know, I saw the great reward that came to Hungry Gen because we were bold. But that boldness looked like recklessness to a person who doesn't have a walk with God. But that boldness brought miracles, breakthrough. If you want to experience those miracles, you're going to have to make decisions that might freak you out at first, but if they're inspired by the Spirit, it's one of the signs of the Spirit that He will move you toward courage and boldness. He will not pull you away in cowardness. He will push you forward. He will draw you courage. That's the sign number two. Sign number three of the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit being upon you, is that you will serve people, but not fear people. When the Holy Spirit came upon Saul, the fear of God came upon people. When the Holy Spirit's anointing, sweet presence, left Saul, fear of people came upon Saul. Now, I'm going to say that again. I want you to catch this. When the Holy Spirit's presence was upon Saul, fear of God came upon people. But when the Holy Spirit's sweet presence left Saul, Saul became possessed with fear of men. In fact, every mistake he made was because he was pushed by the fear of men. Fear of men came upon Saul. But when the Spirit was upon him, the fear of God was upon people. When we please people, we will disobey God. If you are a person that pleases other people, you most likely live by the fear of men instead of fear of God. One of the signs of the Holy Spirit upon your life, His sweet presence, is you lose the fear of men and you get the fear of God. You don't become disrespectful, you don't become a hater of men. You love men, you love people, you serve them, you're just not afraid of them, and you don't fear them. Saul feared people, because of that he disobeyed God. He feared people, because of that he made many mistakes. But in the beginning it wasn't so. In the beginning the sweetness of God's presence was upon him. And he was he had these bold moves, breaking things, But you don't see people being scared of Saul. You would think when somebody goes like all crazy, on fire for God, radical, like you get scared of them. They were not scared of Saul. They were scared, they They feared God. But when he lost that sweet presence, the fear of man came upon him and people became scared of him. He started killing people. He no longer served them, He feared them. So many people in leadership positions fear people. They fear their disapproval. There's a healthy love and care for people. But there's fear. Fear paralyzes. Fear is control. Fear is manipulation. Fear is domination. And in order to walk in the sweetness of the Holy Spirit, one of His signs is He liberates you from one of the most dangerous fears you can have, is the fear of man. And He gives you love for people and that love drives out every fear. If you don't have the fear of the Lord, you will have other fears. And these fears will paralyze you. These fears can shorten your life on this earth. The fear of man, the fear of COVID, the fear of the dark, the fear of death, the fear of disapproval, the fear of rejection, the fear of losing, the fear of getting married, the fear of getting your heart broken, the fear of being cheated upon, the fear of being betrayed. All these fears, they are legitimate. But they cannot drive your life if you have the sweetness of the Holy Spirit because He infuses you with the reverence for God. I will submit to you that we live in a generation that claims to have a relationship with God, but lacks reverence for God. Relationship with God. I love Jesus. Me and Jesus go to McDonald's. Me and Jesus chill every day. But the reverence, the fear of God is what Holy Spirit gives. And how do I know that? It's because we also have a generation that doesn't flee sin, but flirts with sin. The Bible says it's by fear of God men flee sin. How do I know that we lack the fear of God? It's because we have a generation that's more educated than probably than any generation before us. And we're also most stupid. We make the dumbest mistakes. Why? Because only the fear of God brings wisdom. Colleges will give you education. They'll make you smart they will not make you wise. Wisdom doesn't come from a degree. Wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord. We need education, we need to be intelligent. But that doesn't guarantee you will have a good family. You will lead a life that honors God. That doesn't guarantee that because you can lack wisdom. Wisdom. And wisdom does not come from college. Wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord. When you don't fear God, It's one of the signs, the sweetness of God's Spirit has lifted. You can operate in gifts, you can prophesy, paint off the walls, and you can probably cast out demons because you have a very strong understanding of your authority and you know how the anointing operates. But the wisdom, running from sin, the sweetness of the Holy Spirit doesn't belong to people who know how the anointing works doesn't belong to people who know how to push and maneuver different things and manipulate the crowd and all of the stuff. All of those come from the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. People shouldn't be scared of you and you should never be scared of people. You should love people, have compassion on them, be bold with them. Only that comes without being rude, harsh and mean. Having that healthy balance where I'm not afraid but I love people. I lead people, but I'm not scared of them. I serve them, but I'm not intimidated by them. Now I could feel fear. I could feel intimidation. I could feel scared. I could feel that, but I'm not feeding that. And I'm not living by that. That comes from the Holy Spirit. That comes from the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. Number four, the fourth sign of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life, the Holy Spirit's sweetness in your life, is that you will fight alongside of God's authority instead of always being frustrated with authority appointed to to you by God. The fourth sign is you will fight with authority, meaning alongside of God's authority. You will run with authority you will have a covering in your life instead of always bumping heads and frustrated with God's authority in your life. (laughs) When the Holy Spirit came upon Saul, he went to war along with Samuel. But when the Holy Spirit's presence lifted, him and Samuel never saw eye to eye. They had constant frictions. Fighting disagreeing, and we're not doing well. I believe every person needs to have an authority in their life. If you're married, your husband is your authority. If you go to church, you have a pastor. If you're a pastor, you have your pastor. In the workplace, you have your boss. And God sets order to things. Some authorities are godly. Some authorities, like in secular places, they're just good people who do their job. You cannot walk in the Holy Spirit and always rebel, resent, and fight authority. If your authority is not honorable, honor them still, because you are honoring person. Saul did not honor Samuel. He honored them with his lips. Yeah, Prophet Samuel, that's my spiritual father. But he didn't obey him. He picked fights with him. He, you know, tore his robe, trying to ask Samuel to honor him. All of that happened when the anointing, the sweet presence lifted. When the presence was upon him, when that sweetness was there, him and Samuel were on the same page. He would lead the army, Samuel would be there covering his blind spots, being an umbrella over him. an authority in your life is like an umbrella. It protects you from the rain and the heat. Walking under authority protects us. It's safe. We live in a generation today also that despises authority, that calls police officer pigs, that laughs and scorns at people in schools that are teachers or people that are, you know, and we're talking about good teachers, uh, good officers, people that are put in authority to oversee us, a generation that laughs and mocks their parents, a generation that says, I don't need a pastor, we don't need the church, I am the church, and I have a Facebook and YouTube channel and that's enough. And my audience is the world. I don't need to be submitted to anybody and nobody can correct me, nobody can steer me. I hear from God. And this idea that the Bible keeps talking about how God's Word brings reproof, correction, how God sets people in our life to guide us and and mature us, all of that is thrown out of the window. And people like that are not walking with the Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit flows through the authority. The oil flows from the beard of Aaron down to His garments. And why it's dangerous is because God sets authority in our life, not only to protect us, but also to mature us. We all have goofiness about us that God wants to break, that God wants to help us to grow out of it. We we are anointed, we're gifted, we have the calling and the purposes of God, but we also have a lot of goofiness. And authority comes alongside and they're not impressed sometimes with our anointing and our gifting and, and they'll correct character. They'll, they'll correct certain behavior and say, that's not honoring to God. That's self-destructing, that, that's wrong. You, you, you shouldn't be doing that. Sometimes they'll come and they'll nitpick you about your dress code. Yeah, and say, hey, why, why are you dressing up like you're a homeless person? You know, like, have some respect about you. You know, they'll come alongside and say, hey, th- that's not right how you're speaking to people. You know, there's a better way to say that. That's not right how you're snapping on these people. There's a better way to react. You know, uh, my mom and my dad, you know, when I, when I was younger, they, they had a lot of little, I called it legalistic things that they expected of me. And of course, I was resistant in my heart because I was like, man, they're just being legalist. But I feared God enough to humble myself, even when I did not agree. They're my parents and their preference mattered because I lived under the roof, I was under their covering. You know, and I kind of wished that I would not be under their covering, and I would be under the covering of my pastor, because he didn't seem to care about those things. But then, you know, as I was under the covering of my pastor in the church, he seemed to pick the most neediest things that he wanted, you know, correct in me. And it was frustrating as well. And I was like, man, I want to switch spiritual fathers, you know, I want to switch spiritual authority and go under somebody else's covering who will not mentor and mature me like that. But see, God knows who to bring into your life to keep you humble, and to keep you broken, and to keep you protected. And if you humble yourself, and you begin to walk in that, you honor the Holy Spirit. Now, I am not in any way advocating abusive authority. I am not in any way advocating toxic authority. And David had that. David was under Saul, and Saul was toxic. Saul was rude, Saul was crazy, he wanted to kill David. And I want you to notice what David did not do. He didn't expose Saul online. He didn't send letters to every single elder in Jerusalem and Israel and trying to show that Saul is such a bad leader. David maintained sweetness of God's Spirit on his life and he knew bashing authority exposing them. That's not His path. Now there are maybe some of you watching or you know somebody who build their whole ministry and life around this one thing. They just watch what anybody's doing wrong and they just bash them and they call the discernment and everything. And I'm not gonna say anything on that what they're doing right or wrong because each person will stand before God. But what I want to advise you is to take a better path, to take a higher road. Protect the sweetness of God's anointing upon your life. You don't need to give your opinion on every situation, every person, every mistake that is happening around you, especially with people in the authority. We're not saying to cover up sin. But sometimes you just have to quietly leave, like David did. He left Saul. He didn't bash him. He left him. And I want you to notice another thing. He did not take any people with him. Saul didn't lose anybody that David stole from from Saul. David did not rebel against Saul. He simply walked away. And he spent the rest of some 20 years probably, in exile. Being made fun of, his reputation was tarnished. But God was maturing David. God was strengthening David. And then God started bringing people to him. People that nobody wanted. And David built an army out of them. But David never stole people from Saul's army. He didn't undermine Saul. He honored him. Even though Saul was demon-possessed maniac, he didn't deserve that honor. Why did David honor Saul when Saul didn't deserve that honor? Because David honored the Holy Spirit. And that honor of the Holy Spirit made David an honorable man. Young people, if you're in the church that maybe seem to persecute you and not understand you, have respect, have honor for the Holy Spirit. My encouragement to you is read the book called The Tale of Three Kings or by John Bevere called Undercover. Develop an honoring attitude. The reason why you still have a long life ahead of you and there's a very high chance one day you will be in this situation where the kids will be are like you to the authority right now. And you want to navigate that correctly. You want to have your heart pure. You want to have your heart right. Because one of the signs of the Holy Spirit is He produces honor for authority. Honor for your pastor. Honor for your parents. Honor for your leaders. Honor for your husband. Honor for God's authority. It's the way God created it. Honor flows in the Trinity. The Spirit glorifies Christ. Christ diverts all that honor to the Father, and they are equal. If that is how things run, how much more we should learn from the Trinity to have honor toward the authority. Honor doesn't mean idolizing them. Honor doesn't mean bowing to them. Honor doesn't mean worshiping them or pretending that they are perfect. Honor simply means we don't undermine. Honor means our heart respects, we don't have to agree hundred percent to release that honor. And we stay humble enough to know that maybe something they are correcting, we're not seeing right now. We will see down the road. And sometimes, you know, I've seen this in in my dealings with my authority, that they would present a particular decision and, you know, guide me toward the decision, not to make the decision, that this decision will be wrong. But the arguments they would use to justify that this decision is wrong, were wrong. They would use these means by which they would explain this is wrong. I'm like, that, that's not true. But the decision still, how to get to that decision, how they got to that that is it's being wrong, it, it, it didn't make sense in my head. And quite a few times when I would trust them and just go on the limp and say, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot they are older, but I'm going to give this a shot. I would find myself a year, two years later, so glad that I did not stick to my guns and um, do something that was against what they were advising. And I lived like this, you know, all my life and I live like this now, where um, I say sometimes to younger pastors, I said, my pastor's wish is my command. I I live to honor the authority, I walk under the authority, I walk under the umbrella. Do I always 100% agree? My heart honors even when I disagree. And sometimes I will yield and say, sounds good, we will do it. It's not about me, it's not about my kingdom, and it's not always about my opinion. And so, that helps us to protect the sweet anointing of the Holy Spirit by walking under authority, walking under covering. For those of you who kind of maybe got abused by authority and you experienced really, really negative consequences, you know, and now your idea of the authority is heavily influenced by your experience. It's a very dangerous place to be, to derive your doctrine from your experience. You have to go to the God's Word and have God's Word translate your experience and help you to make sense of your experiences versus now changing God's Word and God's truth because of bad experience. That's a sign number four, sign number five, and that is this. You will have mercy on your enemies instead of attacking your friends. Sign of the Holy Spirit on Saul's life is that when the Holy Spirit's presence was there, he was kind to his enemies. When the Spirit left, he wanted to kill his friends. With the Holy Spirit's sweet presence, You not only have love for your friends, you have compassion for your critics. You have mercy on your enemies who maybe do it out of ignorance or even ill intent. There is something about the Holy Spirit that pours out love into us where we don't need to prove ourselves, where we don't need to defend ourselves, and where we don't need to kill everybody who doesn't agree with us. And we don't need to squash and destroy every person. Where we run our race, and people who say stuff, and people who are like mosquitoes, want to suck a little bit of your blood, people who make noise, who criticize you, misunderstand you, you kind of ignore it. Or you're like, Lord, bless him, and you move on. And that's how Saul was. He finished the battle, won the victory, And some people came and they said, there's some people who didn't like you, they didn't vote for you. They said, you're not going to make a good king. Let's bring him to the front, to the altar, and kill him. And Saul says, excuse me? He said, why? He said, what have they done? So what? They didn't believe in me. That's fine. I'm still their king. It doesn't matter. Let them be. I hope they change their mind by now, but even, even if they didn't, God anointed me, God is going to establish me and and I, he doesn't need any help. I'm completely fine." And he totally let it go, totally let it go. It didn't get under his skin, he didn't lose his sleep over it, he moved on. People didn't like him, so what? You can't have a great anointing and have everybody like you. That's just not possible. You have to experience a little bit of persecution and misunderstanding. Not everybody's going to like you and that's fine. But you're focused on the Lord, you're not distracted by that. Guess what happens when the anointing lifts, when the sweet presence lifts? The same Saul hears a song that David kills more people than him and David is more victorious. So what? Plus David is working for Saul. David's victory reflects on Saul. That's a good thing. That that Saul has people in his team that are dynamic and powerful and great. That's great. That's awesome. Now he feels threatened. He feels so insecure, so jealous and envious, that he loses sleep over it. And now he's looking at David and can't trust him. Not because David suspected, wanted to do rebellion. For the rest of his life, David never once undermined Saul. Even though when Saul was crazy, David still never raised his hand to hurt him. David was innocent. Saul's heart lied to him. Saul's fears lied to him. Saul's envy lied to him. Saul's insecurity, Saul's insecurity lied to him. How could he get so deceived by his own insecure feelings? The sweetness of God's Spirit lifted. And he's left to his own feelings. He's left to his own lying emotions. And he follows those emotions like God. And they lead him to a place. He ends up killing priests, He ends up chasing David for the rest of his life, who's actually his son-in-law. Never is able to catch him. And pretty much self-destructs himself and his family as a result of that. And instead of mentoring David, he tormented him. And he went from being a mentor, he could have been a mentor to David, to being a tormentor. If he would have simply realized, you know, God didn't call me to be a king anymore. I'm going to step back, let young David rise up. Not my sons, but young David, because God chose young David. He would have had his sons be around David. David would have always honored Saul. And he would have lived the rest of his older life, instead of building his dynasty, building God's kingdom, and stayed in honor. But he couldn't do that, because he was trying to kill David. He killed priests and did so many other things. And I understand this is a harsh story and most of you are like, man, I'll, I'll never go kill people. We do that with our words, where we just go and destroy people with our words, destroy their ministry, destroy, destroy their reputation, destroy that. And a lot of times defending our own turf, defending our ego, defending our hurt feelings. Holy Spirit's presence, Holy Spirit's sweetness gives you mercy, compassion, and kindness. It's what Jesus did on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they not know what they're doing. It's what Jesus did when people wanted to pick a fight with Him. Just left them alone and walk away. Honor. Mercy. Compassion. Now, for some of you, this may seem like I'm pacifist. You know, don't engage in anything. No, there's a time to speak up. But I think a lot of it is venting hurtful emotions, bleeding insecurities, envies, and wounded pride. And when you get close to the Holy Spirit, He deals with that. He helps you to be healthy, whole, focused on Him. And sometimes there are people you just need to quietly withdraw and say, I don't think I can be associated with this anymore. I'm going to walk away from this church maybe because you know the pastor pronounces curses on people or the pastor maybe um, is abusive or is wrong and I'm going to walk away from this. I cannot be a part of this. Or maybe you are in a marriage where your husband physically, sexually, and emotionally abuses you and you need to distance yourself. You can honor him from a distance, but you say, hey, I can't be in your presence. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I honor you, but I can't be with you. It doesn't mean you have to file for divorce, you can just distance yourself. And this will cause that person either to change or to go worse and leave you. But it's better that you stay protected and you stay healthy, but still protect your heart from becoming a bitter, resentful, angry person. Amen. And the last sign of the Holy Spirit, that we're talking about Saul. When the Holy Spirit came upon Saul, he wanted to save the city. When the Holy Spirit left him, he wanted to save his reputation. When the Holy Spirit is upon you, when His sweet presence is in you, you will be mission-minded. When it lifts, you become ambition-driven. Let me say that again. When the Holy Spirit's presence is upon you, you are mission-minded. It's more about the mission of Jesus. It's less about you. When you are, when you lose that sweetness, it's no longer about the kingdom. It's about your brand. It's no longer about the mission. It's about your ambition. It's no longer about God. It's about ego. It's no longer about His kingdom. It's about my title. It's no longer about serving, it's about my position, it's about my rank, it's about my legacy. It's no longer about His calling, His purpose and His mission, where we play a small part in. We become inwardly focused, needy, entitled, easily offended, overly suspicious, extremely jealous, living for the applause of men. We die from the slightest criticism and always defending and blaming. Always defending ourselves and blaming others. That's one of the signs, the sweet presence lifted, the dove departed. When you're fighting your own battle, that God is no longer in. And that's what happened to Saul. He started to defend his title. He started to defend his position. God was no, no longer in it. God removed him from that. You can't defend yourself in it. He did it for 20 years. God was no longer in it, and that position brought him more harm. Then he put his kids in that position. God never intended his kids to be in that position. Most of his kids died in the battle, and one got his head chopped off. After Saul, Saul died. He could have saved his family if he would have simply been more mindful of God's kingdom, God's people, God's agenda. What I can play a small role Instead of being driven by ambition, titles, position, ranks, offense, entitlement, easily offended, overly suspicious, extremely jealous, applause of men, it's hard to go from this and get dropped to this and stay humble. It's hard to go from being known, uh, famous like Saul was, to being irrelevant. It's only hard. If everything we live for is our applause, our spotlight, our titles, our positions, instead of the pleasure of God's company, the pleasure of His Spirit. You know, I've I've seen it throughout the church, um, where people get platformed, and then you take that away from them, because the program is either outlive its usefulness, or this person no longer fits that, everybody sees it except them and they hold on to it like a superglue attached to their position. But you know they don't belong there anymore. And you take that away from them, and it feels like you cut their heart into a million pieces. Insecurity flares up, and they're mad, and they're bitter, and they're, they're, they're angry. And they lose the picture that we're just servants in God's kingdom. It's not about us. It's easier to say that than to live it, but the sweetness of the Holy Spirit's presence helps us to navigate these transitions or somebody gets overpromoted, you know, and you feel like man, you get left behind, you get pushed aside, you, you always get the scraps, you, you, don't get, you don't get the priority and all of that stuff, and it hurts. Yes, it does, but with the Holy Spirit, you're able to navigate that, you know, and just kind of walk with Him. You know, it happened to David when his son rebelled against him, Absalom. God never told David to leave the throne, but Saul, but David was not attached to the throne, he was attached to God. He quietly left the throne to avoid all the fighting and all the drama, all the craziness. Knew that his son is wrong. He took the loss because it was more important to him that nation is saved than his throne. You know, when a pastor cares more about his title than about the church, it's dangerous. When leaders care more about their positions than their church, it's dangerous. When they care more about themselves than about the ministry, it's dangerous. When you care more about my way instead of the well-being of your kids. When as a husband you care more about your wife and your marriage than you care about make sure things done your way all the time. The Holy Spirit will help you to have a bigger picture and to see that you play a small part in that picture you're not the big picture. And that humbles us and gives us freedom not to be ambition-driven. Gives us freedom not to live easily offended, overly suspicious, needy, entitled, inwardly focused, extremely jealous, always blaming others, dying from the slightest criticism, and being inflated with the slightest compliment. Lord help us. Holy Spirit, help us. If you're enjoying this teaching, I want to encourage you to um, check out Host the Holy Ghost book, um, which I released in Russian, in English, in Spanish, on Audible, on Kindle. I actually have a chapter. Actually, what I just shared with you comes from one of the chapters here about the signs of the Holy Spirit. Um, So, we're going to drop the link in the chat. You can check it out. And if you can't afford one, you can download free of charge on my website. My goal is to Wetten your appetite for the person of the Holy Spirit. Right now, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus, may you strengthen us. Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus, may you renew our hunger for you. Lord, we come before you today and we desire the sweetness of your presence. We desire to live in your glory. We desire our hearts to be focused and pure. Lord, we desire today to live in such a way where we don't make deals with the devil. We desire to live in such a way where we're not cowardly, but we are courageous. Lord, we desire to live in such a way that we don't fear people, but we fear you. Lord, we desire to live in such a way where we're not ambition-driven, we are mission-driven, where we don't constantly rebel against authority, but we have good relationships with authority. Even if we have to transition out of one season, of our life and go into a next one, that we will walk in submission, that we will walk undercover, that we will be protected under the umbrella of your structure, how you set things to be. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. Help us. May the sweetness of your presence forever abide in our life. May we walk under the shadow, of the, may we live under the shadow, in the shadow of the Almighty, dwell under His wings jesus name hallelujah drop that fire emoji if you are blessed by this teaching wanted to also give you an opportunity that if you're just tuning in or if you have tuned in and you've been blessed by our ministry i want to invite you to consider to become partner with our ministry if this was a blessing to you i want to invite you to uh, be a blessing to this ministry all the funds that you give uh, will go to help us spread the gospel, we offer our books free of charge in different languages, we spend a lot of resources to help translate and spread this message to other nations. We also do courses and have over a hundred thousand students there right now where people are receiving biblical teaching, churches are using it for their small groups, reading plans as well, almost two million subscriptions on our reading plans where Christians are being equipped, even non-Christians and all of these things, the traveling as well, ministering, um, the online reach um, and all of this is able to be done because of your generous giving. So I just wanted to say first and foremost, thank you for those of you who have given in the past, for those of you that are continuing to partner in the present. And I want to invite those who have never done it. And perhaps you have this on your heart to say, you know what, I want to support something like that. I believe in this vision. I trust Pastor Vlad and I want to be a partner with that. This would mean a lot to us. All you have to do is go to pastorvlad.org forward slash partner. You can also give through Cash App, Vinmo, PayPal and other means, but through the website, it helps us better because then we can actually send you a um, reminder when we have partners calls and other stuff and stay connected with you. So thank you so much. For those that are doing that and for those that have done it before, I appreciate you. Our team appreciates you from the bottom of our heart. You are the fuel for that vision and mission. You're the reason why we are, you know giving all this stuff for free of charge and where, you know I had quite a few people buy the book, but a lot of people just download it and uh, without strings attached because of you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. I believe that you were encouraged, strengthened and convicted. If this was a blessing to you, would you help and share with your friends as well as maybe on social media? And leave a review on the podcast where you are consuming this content. It will help us a lot. If God puts on your heart to become a partner of this ministry, go to pastovlad.org, and you can become a partner there. God bless and remember, you will raise to deliver.